I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and are you ready for this, Colin? And my name is Colin Drucker, and no, I don't regret anything. Ooh, <laughs> good one. Thank you, because I will never be able to pronounce the name of that song in French, so let me just get it out of the way now in English. <laughs> Fair enough. It's fair a enough. miracle oh. to pronounce any of the names, the name of this movie even. I like I yeah. I may just it, like when you're at the restaurant, you just point at the menu and say, I'll have this. That's I know. That's, <laughs> that's me today. That's, that was like one of my bits like when I was doing my stand-up class like many moons ago oh, yeah. about like how when you're at a, a restaurant, like whether it's a Thai place or Vietnamese or like French restaurant, and you point to the menu, like I'll have this, because you just like don't want to pronounce it <laughs> right. and don't mess it up. And they're like it, it's like, and they're just looking at you like, yeah, I, I know what this right. is. I wrote the menu, so it's fine. Right, and and Ugh. even if you tried, it still would be a mispronunciation, so you might as well try, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. Try, try again. Well, here we are. It is, um, we're recording this much, uh, like, very much before my actual birthday, but this is my birthday episode. Yes. We had a close run-in. Um, I had this idea to do, and maybe we'll do it one day too, if there's like another <laughs> week where I just feel like, you know, proclaiming that this is what we're going to cover. But we were going to do the Lincoln Center performance of The Light in the Piazza, but I cannot find it, the entirety of it on YouTube. So if anyone out there knows where that exists, please let me know. Uh, one, so I could just watch it whenever I need to, but also if we can maybe do a future episode. But it wasn't available, so we are going to cover La Vie en Rose, which I have been... It's kind of like, in many ways, my bad seed, but mm-hmm. um, it's been on the list for a while. Yeah, and, you know, here at the Best Supporting Podcast, you know, we make the rules, we break the rules. So, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, typically, you know, we we pick movies and we, you know... I, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before, but we pick movies and we feature <laughs> the Best Supporting Actresses in the movie. Yes. This is... Uh, in comparison, the quintessential best actress movie. Yeah, I I have so many. I mean, we will get into it, too. But um, it's really funny because I was listening to Amanda and Jody, their most recent, like, Teen Mom OG season nine, episode one. I don't know why I had to say the whole title, <laughs> but um, in case anyone wants to know. But they, they brought this movie up. Um, oh, I remember and... that. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I remember that story because Amanda said you were, like, insisting that she watched it, yeah. yeah. I was like, you have to see this. And honestly, like, this is not hyperbolic. Like, this is the best of the best. And I know, like, I, I'm interested to know if you, you also agree or if it's like, okay, well, it's good. But 
I've never seen, like, if you compare this to, like, Sandra Bullock and the blind oh. side, it, like, it's like, Sandra's like a bowl of oatmeal compared yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah, and this is like a standing <laughs> rib roast. Like a creme brulee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it is, uh, it, it's like, when we think of certain performances, like, you know, Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, or, yeah. um, you know. Charlize Theron and Monster. Yes, and in Monster, yes. Perfect example. Like, yes. these performances that, obviously, won Best Actress, the Oscar, won a lot of awards, and it's kind of indisputable. It's like, yeah, she fucking, she tore it up, Miss Thing. Like, she did, she did the damn thing, you know. <laughs> and this is so on the same level. I... I mean, it it's just the the transformation throughout the movie, mm-hmm. just everything she goes through, like just the emotional highs and lows, and like just the the fact that Marion Cotillard is playing Edith Edith as the case may be, you know, as Edith, like a twenty year old girl singing on the street, and then later as this like you know ravaged woman in like her you know 40s or 50s and what was she addicted to morphine or something i mean yeah addicted to morphine morphine she was uh, alcoholic for sure and then she also had liver cancer on top of oh that too. yeah so it's uh like it's great yeah it was a lot yeah and and she plays all of these stages of her life so effectively and it's just by the end i was i was exhausted for her you know yeah you're just rooting for her to get a win too and mm-hmm. she I don't want to say she never quite gets it. It's like her fame is sort of her win, I guess, but she never, she just wants to be loved and she wants to be, um, it's like her fear of solitude too. It comes in at mm-hmm. the end too. Like she fears solitude more than death. Oh, I love that beach scene, that knitting oh, scene on the beach. I love that scene. Uh, I was, which we'll get yeah. to, it. we'll get to it. But uh, my Lord, I, there's so many layers of this. I don't know if you actually ended up if you if you didn't. I almost sent it to you. Did you watch the trailer for this at all on YouTube? I, or did you just dive right in? I've probably seen the trailer in the past and I don't remember it, but yeah. when I watched it today, I just I just dove in, you know, eyebrows first. <laughs> yeah, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof as the shaved her eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, she like shaved back her hairline and shaved off her eyebrows. Yes. I mean, you know, that alone you get points. Yes, the the two Oscars that this one, this movie won was one obviously for Marion Cotillard, and then the other one was for best achievement in makeup, um, and deservedly so. Mm. I mean, there is, gosh, it's like I feel like I wonder if I was to really like pay attention to how many ages they display because there's so many different gradients of like how old she was, especially mm-hmm. like in the later years, like. That, like, the last 30 minutes of this movie are just incredible. Like, it's incredible acting, and it's just, like, the music is incredible. The music. Oh, the uh, music. <laughs> oh. It's, yeah. Now, to 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 back us up just slightly, cause, and yes, I feel like, yes. uh, because this was your recommendation and very strong recommendation because it's your birthday. Um, happy birthday, by the way. Um, happy Thank Bobby you. Baby 35th birthday. I know. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah. Big 3-5. Big 3-5. Big yeah. Um, yes. So wh- being a huge fan of this movie, what's your relationship with this movie? When did you first see it? What was the experience? What was the, you know, when when did you, when did your head explode watching this movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, I... 
I have this movie on DVD. I actually, because I went and found it because I was like, I don't need to buy this. I have it. And I like scrounged through like the stacks of DVDs. Like who watches DVDs anymore? I mean, I mean, I guess I do. Uh, yeah, you're you're pretty much the only one keeping the lights on there. I know. So I took the DVD player from the other room and put it in my bedroom and just like hooked it up and started watching it today. But I think that this was just a random thing that I stumbled on. I I don't know if I saw her win the Oscar back in 2008, I think it was. I think the movie came out in 2007. But mm-hmm. um and I was just curious about it, but there wasn't any sort of one person that said you need to watch this. And I watched it and I remember just I mean for all the reasons we just said too. It's like you get to see her like I mean, we say often to like ring the rag out, mm-hmm. but this is like it's like <laughs> it's like the the rag was like wrung out and then you dipped it in the bucket again. Yes. And went for maybe a second and a third time too. This role is it's a tour de force performance. It's like the, the one uh, the reason why I asked about the trailer too is there is a quote um, from his name is Stephen Holden and he wrote for the New York Times. And he's the one quote that always stays with me, too, which is like the perfect way to sum it up. He said, this is the most astonishing immersion of one performer into the body and soul of another I've ever encountered in a film. And that's that's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, like, it is there are there are just moments where it's like, oh, my God, like beyond like the <clears throat> the physical resemblance which is crazy when you look mm-hmm. at pictures of Edith Piaf it's like oh oh yes no one else could have played this role uh yeah there's just a i mean i i and this is not a dig but i assume that she's lip syncing in this movie that yes, she does not also but sing it's great lip syncing yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's like if if she was able to also sing like this it'd be like oh just forget it just pack it up like it would have been too it would have been just too yes, much just too just much, too much. Um, I'm against the the dishwasher crying with Meryl at this point, but I, yeah, I mean, the, I think in some ways the fact that it was lip syncing and she still, I mean, you know, we love a lip sync and she just embodies these songs. I mean, in, in particular, the song at the end, the, you know. Uh, oh yeah, the no regrets. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna hit me like so a point good. to you anytime I have to say the name of anything. Um, yeah, it's just like holy shit. It, it's yes. such an embodiment. Um, rightly so, she won like you know over two dozen awards for this performance. Yeah, she won twenty seven awards for this film. Like talk like a sweep with a capital S mm-hmm. too. And I. I, to kind of further your question, um, it's like what, and I want to ask you this too because I I know there are more out there that I have wanted to see, but like my first Marion Cotillard film that I have ever seen was Big Fish. Have you ever seen Big Fish? No, I've had it recommended to me. People have said like, yeah. if you have any if you have any nuances to your relationship with your father, you should see Big Fish. That's what I've heard. Oh, it is. It's. It's an incredible film, and it, I I know that movie really well. And the they actually adapted it into a musical, which is also equally as beautiful. Oh right, as well. mm-hmm. yes. Um, but uh, she has a really small part in that movie. She just plays like uh, Billy Crudup's like wife in it, and all she does is just she's just pregnant the whole time. And I don't know if she was pregnant in real life. I don't know if Marion Cotillard has kids, but like, there's just something about like. 
if she was not pregnant, that makes it even better because she, you know, like when people say like you're glowing, like Marion Cotillard glows in that movie. She is so, there is like a warmth to her that just like without trying, just like she exudes like motherhood. I don't know how to like, describe huh. it. So I'm very curious. Um, and that was my first introduction to her. I did see her in the movie nine oh right um, mm-hmm. which was yeah and she got an oscar no 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 the penelope cruz got an oscar nomination for that um that movie was fine um that was like rob marshall's like big follow-up to chicago mm-hmm. and there was like a lot of anticipation about it um and it ended up being you know i don't want to say mediocre it was it was a beautiful film but it was more of a four than a nine <laughs> Ooh, good one. <laughs> I should have saw that coming, yeah. yes. Um, but I know there's there are other nominations. I feel like she was nominated for Rust and Bone. Rust and Bone. Yeah. I, I, it sounded like I said Rust and Bone. Rust and Bone, yeah. It's a drag king, Rust yes. and Bone. Um, I have actually not seen her, I'm realizing, in anything else but I've had on my list, there's this movie called Two Days, One Night that she's supposed to be yes, amazing yes, in. Yes, yes, yes. So that's kind of uh, just been sitting on my list. Just like, when are you going to watch this movie you're probably going to love? And so um, I think it's moved further up the list after this. Oh, I'm so glad. And and I need to also follow suit, too, because she is... Oh, God, she's just so talented. And this movie, it, it's like, I think uh, Olivier Dom, who like wrote the script for this and also directed it to like had she had or he had Marion Cotillard in mind specifically like for her eyes mm-hmm. because that was like the main physical attribute to like you said it's like when you look there's like a montage at one point where she's like I don't know on the cover of Time magazine or something like that but you really sometimes can't tell the difference it's just mm. that good and I think of like movies like Judy and stuff mm-hmm. like that I'm like oh gosh it's like it's the cream of the crop. Like I'm trying to think. Like I guess we talked about Charlize Theron and like and, and, and like Meryl and Sophie's Choice too. But I'm I'm curious. Like these, what other performances are this caliber? And why aren't every? Why do we not hold this standard? You know what I mean? Yeah. That gold standard every year. You know, you think about Laura Dern or even like. Sandra Bullock in the blind side. Sandra Bullock or Reese Witherspoon Mm -hmm. in Walk the Line. It's like there is, yes, granted, they are are totally different roles too, but these are the performances that we need every year in all four categories. And if I don't get that, then Then, it's like you've been spoiled now. You have officially been spoiled. Right. You know what... This what the what the gold standard of best actress is. Right, right. Like I know what the flame and yawn is like, so you're not gonna you're not gonna bring me ground chuck. Um Exactly, exactly. I mean, even just like looking at the performances she was nominated alongside, I mean, just if we're saying these are the the, the top five best performances, I mean uh yes. Elliot Page and Juno, which I think was a good yeah. performance, but I don't know if I would say like Oscar caliber. Um yeah, it's interesting. You know, Kate Blanchett in Elizabeth the Golden Age, which is a Ooh, I too can yes, the wind Yes, yes. <laughs> I can strip Spain bear. Yeah. I need to do that lip sync. Oh, I need you, to I need to make that a priority. You do, but and it is a great performance, I'll give her that. Um I don't really remember Laura Linney in The Savages, but it's Laura Linney, so I get it. Um, and then the other movie, the other performance that she was up against that year was Julie Christie in Away From Her, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. And like, uh, oh. I've never seen it, Colin. Oh, God, the amount of crying 
Oh, oh God. I'm like dehydrated thinking about it. It's so okay, good. Okay. It's so good. Olympia Dukakis is in it. She's pretty great. Oh. And then there's this okay. one scene because it's all about so away from her, uh, Julie Christie, um, she in this uh, it's a Canadian movie um, written and directed by the this actress and director Sarah Polly and she um, she's great. She did this other movie with Michelle Williams called Take This Waltz, which is also amazing. Uh-huh. But away from her is about uh, this couple and the wife starts to show signs of of Alzheimer's and. Um, eventually they take her to an assisted living facility where then she has to be kind of, you know, they're separated for 30 days while she acclimates. And when he comes back after 30 days to see her, she's forgotten about him and fallen in love with another patient. And he has to try to like recourt her. And it is devastating, devastating. And then the ending is beautiful. And there's a scene with a nurse that, it's my like lost in the details episode. I just like was not in a good headspace and couldn't finish it. But like one of my yeah. favorite scenes. Um, oh, so what have we been waiting for? Carl? Yes, I know, yeah. I know. Like honestly, like it might be a good episode to do on this podcast because yeah. there there's definitely BSAs in it, and like it's just a great movie. So I might, yeah, I think we might be doing away from her soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful. Yeah. So, but with all that being said, too, it's like. It's not that those performances don't hold a flame to Marion Cotillard, but it's just it's just one of those years, I feel well, like, very yeah. seldom, yeah. I mean, all that being said, Julie Christie is amazing in that movie, but Mary, in terms of, like, caliber of performance, in terms of, like, ringing the rag out, Marion Cotillard is still, like, unbeatable that year, so... Yeah, as far as biopics, biopics, whatever you Whatever the say, expression like, is, this, yeah. This is... I'm... I would say I keep saying the gold standard too. I'm trying to figure out just like what word is better than like incredible. You know that that's like that lady. Yeah, I was just gonna say stopping. never the same shit on it. Throw it right, up. right, right. <laughs> that's how I should have started this episode. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. But my next question is, what did you think of the actual film? Because that's a lot of people. And when I say a lot of people, I think this is just like in my head as well too. That like this movie is two hours and twenty minutes, which is. Mm. Uh, it's a long movie and even watching it this time around I was like they don't really need that they could have cut this they could have cut that too like what did you think of it as a film because a lot of people just take away the performance from this too but a lot of people are like meh the movie's fine yeah I mean it was uh it's not a tight 86 minutes but that being said I didn't I wasn't bored I was definitely like like, as it was getting towards the end I was like oh I've only got a half hour left oh that's crazy um so I wasn't it didn't drag for me you know I uh I tend to resist, you know, flashbacks and period pieces because, you know, I'm mm-hmm. that's my problem. And so when it cuts <laughs> to like 1918 Belleville and everything's just covered oh, in yes. soot, is, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, God, what am I in? Yes, like, yes, yes. what is this going to be? Uh, like, I just and that's true for any movie I see. I'm like, oh, no, a flashback. Like, I was just <laughs> like getting comfortable with the narrative I was already in. But yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. like there's just that thing of like I just, you know, I I just settled in for the night. And this still it moved quick enough because it covers so many chapters of her life that you don't really spend too much time, you know, in any period. But I, I overall I thought the movie was I mean, I did not know anything about Edith Piaf. I knew like 
you know, one or two songs, but I knew nothing about her life. And I felt they did like a really great job of, of without belaboring it and without like, you know, telling us too much, but just kind of showing us like she had a rough fucking life. Like she really didn't have yeah. many wins. And I think the flashbacks to, you know, being abandoned by her mother and growing up in the brothel and then being taken away by her father from, you know, uh, what was her name? Tartine, uh, Tatine, Tatine, Tatine. Yes. Um, you know, it's just like, Ugh, I love Tatine. when, yeah, me too. Yeah. I just, when you see all of that, I think it adds really interesting context to the tragedy of her life and, and to the person we then see later at the end of her life. It's like, yeah, I mean, this was like, it was not to say it was inevitable, but like when your start is that rough, it's hard to kind of finish on any happier of a note, so to speak. And I, I think that last performance, you're yes. meant to feel that like it is the culmination of that entire life that we saw and all of that pain and all of those like fleeting moments of joy, but like just all of the constant shit that she went through. And I felt like we needed all at that point, you know, two hours and five minutes of film to really appreciate that final performance and like what that meant. And so that final, I mean, there's, it's not that the rest of the movie doesn't have highlights, but that final performance is so powerful, but it, Mm-hmm. but it hinges on effectively telling her story up until that point. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like she lived like 10 lifetimes in the 47 years that she was mm-hmm. alive. And it's I, I think it's just the ultimate... I mean, that's the theme is like any time... Like nothing good lasts too long with her you know like yeah all these, i mean i mean that's how it's presented to us you know like with every time like you know with tatine and then like uh mamon is that what her name oh is? yeah um, mamon her, like, yeah. best friend yeah i love her and her mustache oh yeah her, like, she was ponytail pulled back she was great yeah we'll talk about her. yeah um and even like marcel her like her lover slash, you know, sort of like, well, he was married, but we'll also get into that scene because that scene. Uh, um, but j- it's just the ultimate irony, too, that like life also didn't last long enough for her mm-hmm. as well. Like it was just kind of taken away. And it's it you do. I'm just kind of latching onto your idea, too. It's like you it's not necessarily a win at the end, but it's like a celebration. Uh, even the, yeah. like that song is kind of like. Like Frank Sinatra's like my way, you know. Yeah. What I mean? It's one of those like really compelling songs. I have no regrets, mm-hmm. and I don't know the full translation of that song too. But like, that's all you really need to know about that song because you can you can hear it. That mm-hmm. I always get like choked up when that song comes on, like in the movie, and even on like a it was on like I don't know like a Geico commercial or something another time, and I was like, oh, what is this song doing here? I know. Uh, it's it's a beautiful beautiful piece. Those opening notes are just like it. It's kind of like you know, amazing grace on the bagpipes. It's just like, and I'm fucked, sure. you know. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And my face exploded, you know. Like it's just. And I think the other thing about that last song too is like you see her. I guess you would call it like her team, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like at that point in her life too, it's like all these people. Like because she was not easy to be around. You know what I mean? There's right. there is many many moments of like tenderness. Is like when we see with like. Marcel or even like her on the beach with that interviewer where she's just like, ugh, I just like, I want to be with you all the time. But she was not, and most probably because she was in pain and she was an addict and like she's trying to get through this and there's so much stress. But like you see them standing in the wings and you see that like that pan out to, 
the audience and it's like her teacher and then that one woman who's like her accompanist has just she her eyes are just like welled up mm-hmm. i can't mm-hmm. it is so gorgeous and and then just like the close up on her her like piercing blue eyes and oh my god it is just um what a gift this movie yeah. like, this movie is and that performance and that moment and there are more that we're going to talk about too which i'm super thrilled about yeah i think there's throughout the movie in so many different ways like that was what really came up for me was like she's just constantly in pain and like Mm -hmm. it's just about mitigating that pain and i think with any of these kind of you know story like the the rise and fall of a diva you know i think of like a star is born you know i think of any kind of you know narrative you know what's love got to do with it whatever where in these stories, there's always a chapter. Sometimes it's just a montage of like when shit is good, when things are good, when she's touring, when she's, you know, uh, when yes. she's getting partying, famous, when she's partying, yeah, when, yeah. And like, like, and you're just like, it's so sad because especially the, the structure of this movie, we already have seen her, you know, uh, jaundiced, you know, in, in the, in the rest home at this point, we already know that all of this is, is doomed to, to, you know, not failure, but, it's not going to end happily ever after. End well. Yeah, but even even without having that already kind of ahead of us, or having already seen those scenes, those moments when everything is going well, you know, it's even I even think of it in, in something like you know a league of their own when there's like a montage of like you know uh, them just winning games, and I'm like, oh, this oh, is yes. like this is the this is the peak, this is the heyday. All the catches, yes, yeah, all the, the catches, all the yes, slides, yes. all the music. Um, you know, it's like. Those scenes in some way in movies like this are even sadder than the sad scenes because you know how fleeting all of this is. Like mm-hmm. like when you see how happy Edith is at certain points, even if it is because she's drunk, it's just like, oh, these moments are just like so fleeting, you know? And, and as her yeah. like addiction to morphine just increases, like watching her just chase like moments of relief and that she never really gets it. She never really gets relief in her entire life, you know? Yeah, she's just chasing something or, or chasing that that happiness or the feeling of happiness. And she gets it every once in a while. And then it's just abruptly and in the worst way taken from her in so many, especially with her relationships. Like, I want to talk about Tatine. I want to talk about, like... Her father also, who's, I mean, her mother's a drunk, her father's a drunk. It's like, it is a miracle that she was able to persevere, even though, like, she just kind of was tossed from person to person. Like, no one really, like, the one person that we see that, like, loved her, loved her was Tatine, who lived in the brothel Mm -hmm. and just, like, kind of took her under her wing. And, And she went blind for a while, and then, like, it's like Tatine was the one who was there for her. And that actress... Uh, who played Tatine, Emmanuel Siner, um, is also, I feel like I've seen her before. Like, she almost reminds me of, like, a Robin Wright pen. Yeah. Right, I'll just say. Like, something, like, in Forrest Gump when she's a hippie. Only, like, put her in Paris. Right, or, like, right. brothel instead, yeah. Yeah, she did. I feel like I, I've seen her name. Like, I've heard of her before, but I, don't, I mean, I have not seen her in anything else. But she was, yeah. um, she was kind of like the BSA of Act One. Yes. Yeah. Very well put. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean that. I felt like that scene, the scene of of Edith being taken away on the car, on the carriage with her father. We we've, we've seen moments like that before in other movies, and it'll always get me. Ugh. Like. Oh yeah. For some reason, I just kept thinking, oh, what if I was Tatine and Edith was Marco? <laughs> I was like. <laughs> 
It's like that. Can, can you imagine? Oh, I couldn't. I had to stop thinking about it. It was making me too upset. <laughs> I know. He's such a scoopy cat. Oh. He would. Uh, but like, it's like, yeah, it's like her heart was being ripped out, and it, it's like probably for Edith too. It's like the first time that someone she felt warmth, mm-hmm. like playing in the bathtub and singing those songs, and just like, even though it like quote unquote is an unconventional upbringing, there was still love there, and for that to be ripped away is. Hard to watch. It really is. Yeah. And, but yes, definitely the BSA of, of Act One. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and then I'd say she meets Mamon, which is kind of like her, I think she's like 20. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When, when, and they're kind of just like buddies. And it's so interesting. Mamon is like, she's like if Saoirse Ronan mm. combined with... Uh, I don't even know. Like she, she looks like another actress, but she's also very French looking as well. This is Sylvie Testud. Testud. Yeah, um, yeah. I definitely saw this yeah. here Ronan. I'm, I, I can't place what else it is. Well, I'm looking at a picture now. Like there's almost like she has like vaguely androgynous qualities too that I kind of love. Yes. Um. So that's why I'm yes, like, oh, yes. is there like a male actor that I'm thinking of? Um, yeah, she is like a handsome woman. I mean, a bit of she plays it up too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of. Uh, I guess I just looked at one picture where she looked a little bit like uh, Felicity Huffman. Um, yeah, for sure. But that's kind of my go-to handsome woman, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes, I guess that is true. It's like I'm trying to maybe the rest of it will come to me. There's like a little bit of like Carrie Mulligan in there mm-hmm. or something. The I don't eyes, know what it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's great and like really. The BSA of like Act Two and like almost into Act Three. I mean, I don't know how many acts we're going because this is a long movie. There yeah. might be four acts, yeah. but um, the the one who kind of sticks by her side and protects her, and it is like you know an Anna to her Maya yeah. situation. Like mm-hmm. through thick and thin, she's her bitch that just like kind of hangs in there. I kept wondering if there was some like lesbian subplot that wasn't being addressed or there, there was just like a oh, vibe my my spidey sense was going off i like the idea that there may have been some feelings maybe from mamone about edith that were never really explored you know oh i would have loved if they were right i mean not really cut some of those other scenes out but also fair enough yeah if they want to make it a two and a half hour movie so i can get 10 minutes of lesbian subplot <laughs> I got the time yeah. if they got the dime, you know? <laughs> I, I, one of my favorite Mamon moments is um, when she's drunk and, the, like, when it's, like, during the Marcel era mm-hmm. where Edith is super almost, like, possessed and, like, over the top in love with Marcel and is just kind of... Oh, God, Marion Cotillard. Like, even the way that she kind of, like, floats and acts around people during that scene, too. Mm. Like, to, to, how do you show someone that you're in love and happier than you've ever been? Like, that is it. That is, there's something that, like, yeah. changes chemically with her that I... Oh and my God, she's in that, like, so... baby blue dress, and her hair is, like, yes. like, like looking, like, perfect. And oh, my she, God, and she's, leaning against the stage. Yes, and she's just, like, holding court. And it is. It's so, like, this is what you look like or how you feel when you're in love in, like, a delirious kind of unrealistic way. Yeah, and just the way that she, like, even, like, holds the phone. And basically, Mamone is just, like, I <laughs> do love in the kitchen where she's, like, Marcel, Marcel. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, just drunkenly just being kind of a mess but not embarrassing herself too much. And Edith just kind of casually ignores her. And there's that offhand comment that 
uh, Mamon says, like, I could have been Edith Piaf, but there's more to life than songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And he's like, oh, what? what's the Mamon story, you know? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And the, I mean, she kind of gets an unceremonious, you know, exit, I get. Like, is that, there might be another flashback or flash forward where we see her, but I don't really recall anything else beyond that party. I think you know that was I mean? it, because she, she says at that point, like, I should just go back to Paris, and then she leaves. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. So that Ugh. that was kind of the other. I feel like Tatine and Mamone are really like yeah the BSAs. If there were BSAs in this movie, they would be the closest nominees. Um, but uh, you know, and in terms of BSAs in Edith's life, they are you know certainly the most. Um, other than Marguerite, her accompanist, who's not as much of a role. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like yeah, it's like I mean, but I'll take that her welling up in the audience any oh, too. Yeah. That's like when it really like, that's when I start to cry during that last scene because it's like, they're feeling it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things. If you see other people cry, you have like, it gives permission mm-hmm. to, to kind of let go as well. Right. Right. Um, and she's great. Um, I guess another person, like the men in her life too, like at least a positive, even though he was, I, I love like a good scene where um like the guy who basically teaches her how to perform and how to sing and like makes her oh the who she is really yeah Yeah. who like teaches her how to be a performer yeah with the hands yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yes and i I always say it in my head but i never can like use this as a reference because no one will get it ever but i always when he says articulate the way that he says that (laughs) holds her chin i just like love because it's like if you really want it that bad like you have to be better than what you are right now like you have Mm -hmm. talent i just love that sort of dynamic between like just someone who's gonna crack the whip and someone who's like a little bit obstinate but like she knows and he knows and you know marguerite's at the piano like i love those scenes i was like watching it like i was like am i supposed to see him as you know, is this a good teacher or a bad teacher? You know what I mean? Like, am I supposed to see this guy as, like, you know, uh, Mr. Holland's opus? Or is this, like, you know, I don't know. Or J.K. Simmons or, and Whip. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is this just, like, aggressively French and I'm just being a sensitive American? Or is he an asshole, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I maybe a little bit of both because we do see eventually where, where he does start at I feel like they get to a certain point that we don't see or it's not shown to us where she is making progress and then you can move on to like the acting and like the hands mm-hmm. and like you're, you're stiff as a board. So it's like that work is done. And I do love that he came back to see her at the Olympia for that last performance. Like that was really special. For a moment, I was like, is he a ghost? Right. I don't know. But then they show him in the audience. So no, he's not a ghost. And he was the guy who appeared in the doorway when she said, oh, it's just an old friend. Because yes. I wasn't sure if that was yes. like the ghost of Marcel. I wasn't positive what that I was. I thought so too, yeah. but it is, I, yeah. I'm fairly certain it was the teacher. Yeah. There was also that scene where like she left the rehearsal and then went to the bar and then he went and found her and hit her. And I was like, okay, I don't like him that much, but I'm glad in the end That's it all worked true. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's just that, that dynamic, I mm. guess. It's like, she's been abused in so many different ways too, but like. That's it, interesting. It's, yeah. That, that part of her growth was, was abuse even because that's what she's known and like i think that that is part of the narrative is like edith never really knew a happy life so she wouldn't know one if it Mm -hmm. if if it you know 
came up and hit her in the face, you know? And so I think it, <clears throat> it makes sense that she continued to just see like, you know, a uh, miserable situation after miserable situation or like, you know, people who just weren't reliable in her life because it's like, that's what's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, that being said, he didn't have to hit her. It was, I, yeah. I, I, I like gasped the first time that happened. I was like, what? Yeah. It was like, oh boy. But it was like a, you know, it's symbolic, like wake up, wake up Pearl. It's mm-hmm. like one of those moments. Mm-hmm. And one of my, like the few times that you actually laugh in this movie, uh, I always laugh really hard when after he takes her away in the bar and her dad is kind of like wasted and he's holding that bar. He's holding like a chair. Oh, he's like, yeah. Ah. He's just like holding the chair up and then he just kind of puts it down and sits in it. Yeah. And stares. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, that makes me laugh. Um, yeah. It's I, I want to move. It's like beyond those characters, too. It's like, I mean, obviously there's the music. And it makes me want to listen to more Edith Piaf because, like, really, it's like, yeah, you know Le Vian Rose, you know uh, Non Je Ne Grette Rien, but also it's like there's so much more that you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of know that one a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of reviving my uh, curiosity, you know, like Edith Piaf's greatest hits, like, on Spotify. Yeah, the, the This Is Edith Piaf playlist on <laughs> yeah, Spotify. Exactly. I mean, that's my kind <laughs> yeah. of playlist. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> This is this is Oh God! I wonder if it exists. Oh, it totally like I'm gonna search it right now because I have it open. Yes, please. All right, Edith, <laughs> Edith Piaf. Um, because that would be great. I do love those. Like as much they're like the Miss Mojo of Spotify. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> oh my God! There is totally a This Is Edith Piaf playlist. Yes. There's even Edith Ugh, P- Edith Piaf radio. <laughs> um glad we have that. glad we have that yeah glad we found that um god i i feel like i'm i'm biting my tongue because i'm just like so hungry to talk about the marcel the marcel scene let's get to like the meat of this um it's like this is the scene if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a scene yeah this is probably it when people and like the you go ahead. Five minutes after Marcel as well, too, because there's some haircutting scenes that are great. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Go ahead go yeah, ahead. no, I was going to say, like, if we think of, like, the, the Oscar reel for this movie, I think yes. this scene, the haircutting scene, um, you know, really anything towards the end, the, the scene on the beach, um, and then, of course, the final yes. performance. But mm-hmm. so Marcel is this uh, boxer that, you know, this who's – you know, she's having an affair with because he's married with children back in France and um, she's having an affair with him and he's in the States, I guess, for some, you know, world championship. Uh, and we spend a lot of time on that boxing scene, which I thought... Yeah, too much. Too much. I, w- I don't love boxing scenes. Yeah, I don't I don't need them. And I thought, is something going to happen here? Because we're spending a lot of yeah. time here. Um, yes. Like, we could have been really seeing some, like, lesbian mamon you know, yeah, know. Uh, where's my lesbian Mamone? And so yes. uh, then, uh, yeah, he goes back t- to uh, France and they're writing le- letters and she misses him and insists that he fly to come see her and, and not take the boat. And um, I mean, the way they do it is so ingenious because she, you know, it's like the next morning she wakes up to him waking her up and she's like, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those moments of like oh my god Edith was like in, enjoying happiness for a moment. She goes yes, to the kitchen yes. to make breakfast and coffee and and there's that like I think it, maybe it's Marguerite or there's someone at the table like there's just the sense of like 
something's weird. Something's off. Yes. Something's going on here. And uh, and then it's, you know, she's like, what? You know, everyone's just kind of like in, in shock and grief. And she's like, what's going on? And then she's told that the plane crashed. And she, I mean, it's like, it's incredible. I feel like most of this was like a single take at least after yes, I was going to say, right. I don't know. I don't know when the yes. single take starts. I know it's at least all of the, the, the Marcells, but, um, then she, yeah, she, she's, she starts to kind of break and like, it just keeps calling out Marcel, Marcel, and then goes into the bedroom and he's not there. And it's, I, you know, it's kind of like in the bad seed, like all of the uses of the name Monica. It's the all of the the grief related uses of the name Marcel in this moment. Yes, it's exactly. It's incredible. You know what I? Th- and maybe this is the point, but I really appreciated it after towards the end of the movie, realizing that that moment of grief, I felt like there had to be sh- there had to be something that was connecting, even if she if it was unconscious. Her crying Marcel was not just for Marcel, the boxer, but Marcel, her son. Like, that this was another, like, unexpected death. And I just felt like uh, something that I think that she had repressed and pushed down. And then I just felt like there was something about this. Once we find out that her son had the same name, was like, oh, wow. That gives even more, like, weight to that moment of, like... this is this is all of this like trauma coming up because it's another unexpected, you know, death. Oh, yes. And I never really even thought of that until right now, Colin. So thank you for that. Well, that yeah. makes it even better. Yeah. And and I read on IMDb that Marion Cotillard has a son named Marcel oh, as well. Right. So it's just taking it to a ne- like a new level. Yeah. It's it, I mean it just it's it's such an emotional moment. And I kept thinking about like scenes like this, like I think about in Hereditary, that awful like you know crying oh, yeah. on the floor in the bedroom scene, and I keep thinking of the, the the filming of that and the experience of Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne being like, okay, we're gonna do this moment now. And I thought the same thing here because her team is kind of like you know flanking her, and I just thought of these these you know four actors going through this emotional scene together. Like imagine being in this moment with Marianne Cotillard just like emoting the shit out of this moment. And I just think that's like that kind of behind the scenes, like the experience of being an actor, I think, oh, that must be so intense to be in that moment. Yeah. How many times did you have to do it? Or I could just picture them all by the water cooler. Like today's the Marcel scene. Are you ready? Right. Right. (laughs) It's just like one of those things like, it's going to be a long day, but like it is, it is worth every penny. Like that long hallway, it's so beautifully done. Like the sequence of her just mm-hmm. reaching the end of the hallway and almost looking like confused, but being pushed back onto the stage because that's what she needs to do. Like we don't necessarily see any more grief over Marcel. Well, no, I shouldn't say that because there's, there are two more short, very short scenes after that. And oh my gosh, the one with the fortune teller lady. Oh, like, that was yeah. Just sort of, yeah she's like she's she basically says like why why do you keep coming like week after week you know what are you what are you looking for and she's like so you can remind me of why i must go on living Mm -hmm. and she also says like he died in the sky he must be up there like that's some good talking through tears yes like that's the next like i wish that went on longer i was like oh please give us more of this because the next scene is her? I mean, I love a, I love a good like stressful haircutting scene. <laughs> sure. I guess. What, what would you call it? But it's like the way she's crying and just cutting her hair and just like, 
I want, it only lasts, that haircutting scene lasts for like 15 seconds, maybe even less, and then it skips to like something really happy or not, or, you know, anything's happier than that, I guess, in comparison. I feel like it jumps to the beach after that. Like it takes like a, yeah. a, a, a softer tone. I, I did expect more haircutting or more of that. I mean, it's, uh, it does make me think of in terms of breakdown scenes, the, you've seen the, have you seen yet the Judy Garland version of A Star Is Born? Yes. Yeah, I feel like was that oh one of your God. very bad gay yes, episodes? Yeah, yes, that yes. that backstage scene is just like that's what I want. That's the one. That yes, scene is yes. I like that deserves its own episode, maybe of in the details of just yeah. like that Jeez. moment. It's so I I wanted a little of that, uh, but that's just kind of you know. It's just me being a, you know, a whore. <laughs> so yeah, an emotional whore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emotional attention whore. Who knows? Um, but yes, I, I, I could have lived in that grief a little bit longer because, but it's also like we, we barely knew Marcel at the same time. We knew that she was obviously deeply attached to him too. I love the scene of them going to dinner and getting the pastrami oh, and yeah. her saying it smells like wet dog. I am not a pastrami fan. Not that thick. Come on. I don't, it's, too, it's crazy. I don't think I've ever had pastrami. I think I might like it, but I just decided long ago, uh, isn't that a, isn't that a <laughs> Whitney Houston song? I decided long ago <laughs> to never have a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I had my first pastrami sandwich was in New York at Cat's Deli. Wow. And I went, um, I don't know if, I can't remember what year of high school, but every summer it was like, obviously like you had to pay your own way to go. But my choir teacher took like a group of students, whoever wanted to go could go. And like, I don't know, round trip, it was like 200 bucks. Like we took a bus, we had a hotel, and then we also got to see two shows on Broadway. And it was awesome. Wow. That was the first, That's a good trip. We did, yeah, the first trip I ever went on was Mamma Mia and Beauty and the Beast. And then the second time, I mean, the very touristy shows. Let's yeah, be of course. Because it has to be, like, kid-friendly, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then the second time we went, we saw um, Phantom of the Opera and, oh, uh, what was the other one? I'll think of it, okay. but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, mm, no hairspray? Was it hairspray? I think it was, which was great. That would make sense. Um, but anyway, yeah. there, there were like these sort of planned meals, you know, because there's an itinerary, and one of them was Cat's Deli. And you could, and I ordered like, I think I ordered roast beef, and it was like, I guess it wasn't pastrami, but it was really, it was stacked too high, and I could not get past it. It just looked like... Mm -hmm. It, it's, it was a pile, of, and I like meats. Like I do eat meat, but it was it was too much. There's a proportion thing. I think that's always I've always been curious about that whole like you know. And I, there was um in New Jersey there was a there's a place called Harold's that does like okay these big deli sandwiches and pickles and you know celery soda and all that all that you know Jewish deli stuff. And we used to go there sometimes when I was a kid because um, my dad's side of the family is Jewish, and so I feel like for maybe like some you know family events or whatever i feel like that was a you know that you have to be good not that you have to be jewish to go to harold's but you know yeah sure it, it makes sense it. yeah um and i i just and they were famous for like the, the huge stacked sandwiches and i think it was kind of the same experience as you where i was like oh no i don't think that's something i'm interested in um you know i'll just yeah you can't take a bite yeah you right open your mouth that way. like what's you need like a knife and fork yeah like i'm like turning my head sideways to do like a, to bite the corner yeah. i'm not what am i like corn on the cob yeah exactly and i'm just like then i'm just like trying to bite a wall of meat and 
you know, you only and it explodes anyway. Right, exactly. And then you just look like a baby eating spaghetti. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's too much. <laughs> it's like someone shot a t-shirt gun full of pasta at you. You know, like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um i don't know how we got here but i i want to <laughs> take it back i want to add a new we have cigarette acting we have steering wheel acting and i don't know how to phrase this but like basically the the first thing it's like walking like the physicality mm-hmm. of how oh gosh it's like because that's the one thing to really that really is difficult when you're playing an older like when you are she was 32 when she played this, which just makes me, like, furious. Right. She's that talented right. at 32. Oh, my goodness. I mean, she's been talented her whole life, not just at 32. But um, uh, that's the one thing that usually um, gets – that you don't think about as much. You mm-hmm. think, like – and she's just, like – and but, like, with her, like, with uh, Edith Piaf, too, there's there's so many physical ailments, like, uh, that she's dealing with, like, the – the one time I don't even remember it wasn't it's just like such a dumb moment too but like she's just walking outside with someone and she sits in a chair and the way that she like just takes like six or seven deep breaths afterwards because it just took so much effort for her to sit down or like walk those three feet is just the detail of it all and just like her arms and how she shakes yeah. and, and I'm hoping you notice oh, that too it's yeah like, it, yeah because it's like a lesser actress could get away with just that moment at the resort when her hand starts shaking and she then she drops the drink and like that's supposed to be kind yes. of our like physical representation of like here's me playing Edith's body you know breaking down but i think of like that scene i guess it's the scene when uh the the composer and lyricist come in to play the you know no no regrets, no regrets to uh, yes. play no that no regrets that moment Colin. yeah when she's like danielle bring me the chair um oh. but that it was like when she enters the room and i th- feel like the scene before that we, we it was a it was from earlier it was a sort of flashback or whatever but like mm-hmm. we saw from one scene to the next such a significant transformation and like just the experience of watching her open that door and enter the room and those like little you know little t-rex hands you know like it it's just like in that blue nightgown yeah like it like it is i could watch her do that all day i was like please just just keep going keep the camera on her and and it was like and i think because i know i remember now there was a title card between this and the last scene that said five years later and so we saw like an incredible progression of her of her decline in five years and you're like oh my god she's like 44 in this moment like this is insane and so i think there's that too of somehow being able to play this frailty without playing an actual old person which i think is is i don't even know how you do that it's kind of like yeah it's next to him yeah it's like doing an (laughs) accent with an accent you know it's uh it's just it just yeah yeah, someone should give her an Oscar for I, this. I, I get you know? what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like we're we're stumbling with how to describe it because it is just what's better than the best. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's just so hard to put into words. And like that, her that scene because I was going to bring that up, and I'm so glad you did too. Is 
that scene of her opening the door and everyone's just like kind of staring, like watching her. It's almost like they're watching like a show or something. Mm-hmm. And then she asked for the chair. Like that's just as exciting to me as like the Marcel scene. Like mm. I'm like, who are you? Because I mean, you see Marianne Cotillard like in her acceptance speech and she's like a bombshell. Like she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah. And just to like, just to know that's the same person that's that's it. That's that's all you need to know. But if you watch the Marcel scene, and like her walking to that chair, that is that is all you need. Yeah, it's <laughs> to know it. That she won best actress. Right. It's like yeah. All right. Fair enough. I'll give it to her. Yeah. I um. It it is really. It is definitely. You know. It's kind of at this point when you see those compilations of like on YouTube or whatever. You know. I typically will watch the best supporting actress ones, you know, who were, yes, who were the, yes. you know, who the top 20 best actress Oscar winners, you know, of all time. This is like, if this doesn't show up on the list, then I'm like, well, then I don't believe this list, you know? Oh yeah. Take that Miss Mojo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, exactly. Miss Mojo. Like if, if Aaron Brockovich gets a place before this, then we've misstepped somewhere. And I oh, love Aaron yeah. Brockovich, I'm, but yes, we love it. For separate reasons, it it is that's interesting because we do love that performance, but it's it's apples and oranges too. It's mm-hmm. like it's not. It's like prestige acting versus like, I don't know what you would call Aaron Brockovich because it's like it's a you know America's it's like what you want, uh you know Sandra Bullock and Reese Witherspoon also reach that level as well too. You yeah, know, like that's 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 an acceptable level of like Oscarness. Right. You know what I mean? I wanted that for them. I, I I was rooting for them to like have that moment. Like you need Aaron Brockovich or more. Right. If you know that's that's the scale here. Yeah. You know, Amanda Kaczynski is just you know rolling her eyes at that. But you know. Well, it's like I'll, I'll still say like yes, was Ellen Burstyn robbed for Requiem for a Dream? Absolutely. And there were oh, yes. elements of this performance certainly you know that the more jaundicey moments where I was like wow she's giving me Sarah Goldfarb realness right now. Oh yes, that red hair. Yeah. Oh, it was, but it's, uh, yeah, right. Like I, fair to say that, like when I say Sandra Bullock, who I love, but in the Blind Side, and I say Aaron Brockovich and Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts does a great job in that movie, and I'm not yes. that upset about her Oscar in the same way where I'm like Sandra, you've actually done better movies than this. Like you've yeah. been in Twenty Eight Days. I would have been happy to see you get an Oscar for Twenty Eight Days. Which yeah, I Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality. I mean, come, come on. I mean, even Gravity, <laughs> for God's sake, you know. I yeah, mean... that probably should have been. It's like Reese should have got her Oscar for Wild. Oh yeah, but that was the same uh-huh. year that Julianne Moore. Ju- Julianne Moore. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Julianne and Moore. Um, that was the year that she won for Still Alice. Right, so which was great. It's interesting how it all plays out. Yeah. You know? You know, I was thinking watching this in terms of, you know, uh, great performances or, you know, seeing people play things. I there were moments with Marion Cotillard in this where I was like, oh, I would love to see her play Mrs. Daigle. You know, like I'd love to see her do those scenes because I just thought, oh, you can go there. Like she I feel like um Marion Cotillard could do what an Eileen Heckert or an Elaine Stritch could do where like you're kind of nervous watching, you know, where it's like like whenever she's yelling at everybody to get out of her her dressing room, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like I'm like uh, I'm like afraid of her on my couch right now, you know? Yeah. And I thought, oh, I would just love to see Marion Cotillard saying, I want to know. I have a right to know who took the penmanship medal, you know, like I want those moments. But, you know, that's that's the fantasy I'm, you know, 
I have, but uh, yeah. mostly because it's like, yeah, when you see an actress this good, you're like, well, I kind of want to see her do everything. You know, like I want to see her as Martha, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf someday, you know? Yes, and I think one thing that, like, is such a gift for Marion Cotillard, too, is, like, that this is a French person and that she gets to speak mm-hmm. French the entire time. It's like, yes, of course you are going to excel. And she speaks English perfectly, too, but at the same time, it's like, if you had a preference, I'm sure, obviously, she would choose to act in French. So, like, the fact that this was... Because she wasn't the first French woman to win best act, but it was it was some it was some weird stat where it was like she's the first French woman to win in a French film or something like that. And I was like, okay, yes, great. But also, um, yeah, fun fact I, on I, I, on that one. Just not to interrupt you, the fun fact on that no, is go that for it. Uh, yeah, so she's the first French actress to win for a French film. The first French actress to win best actor, best actress was. Uh, another name I'm going to butcher, Simone Signorette. Signorette? Oh, my God. I, okay. She won Best Actress for A Room with a Top, which also features Hermione Badley in her two minutes and oh ten seconds gosh. of nominated Best Supporting Actress performance. Yes. In the shortest well, nominated performance it all ever. It comes back to Hermione Badley. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that performance. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that's the that's the stat. I see, I see. I mean, I want to talk about the beach scene. There's really, I think the thing that's most, like the loveliest thing about that beach scene is that it is lovely. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I think it's just like the last sort of like, oh, wow, like I am so glad that they showed this side of her, her just knitting on the beach with like a gentle breeze and like this beautiful French woman just like walks up and interviews her and they sit, like I would love to just like interview all of my heroes like that just yeah. on the beach and just like talking and like it, it just like seemed like she was in a good place and I, I feel like she's happiest at the beach I, mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really great note to show us and it's just like a lovely conversation yeah it was like a no pressure conversation it was like there was yeah there was something about it where I felt like that was the most at peace we had seen um Edith in yeah. in her maybe in her entire life you know as far as we're seeing it is like this was you know, on the beach, knitting a sweater for whoever ends up wearing it. You know, I, I think that's... Yeah, I, her answers are so cheeky, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, her favorite meal is pot roast. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right. Well, you know, sure. Uh, yeah, why I... Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, it's... it. You do kind of crave that moment of like, oh, I just... I want to just see her, you know, genuinely happy just once. Yeah. The, the woman who played Marlena Dietrich, and I didn't know that that was supposed to be Marlena Dietrich there as well, but, like, there is, like, that's such a magnetic sort of, like, lovely moment as well. Like, she comes up, mm-hmm. and, like, obviously it's a big deal. And you could just tell that actress, um, Caroline Silhol, uh, <laughs> that sounds incorrect. Right. We're also going to go with it. Um, and she's French, so maybe it's, like, Sil. I'm sure there's... Me, yeah, I should not be the one to try to suggest how to pronounce her last name, but it might be not phonetic. <laughs> I know. This is when I wish I had taken French in high school, yeah. but I took Spanish, so sorry. Yeah, so. Um, but she was so great, too, in the way that, like, um, Edith stands up and, like, almost, like, stumbles over her chair and, like, the beautiful, like, just speech she gives her. She's like, I haven't been to Paris in so long, but when you sang tonight, like, I was there and you made me cry. And it just, like, really... 
it's like made me think of like how performances it's just been so long since we've seen live performances mm. that it's just like it kind of hit me in a little a bit differently of like i miss plays i miss musicals i miss like going and i mean i kind of hate live music but that's another conversation for another time it's just too noisy Colin. yeah and, and it's like it depends <laughs> like is there a place for me to sit can i stay there can i see yes. everything will someone bring we, me am food am i gonna be able to talk to, to the people i'm with right uh, right like what is thing. yeah all of that all of those things are are concerns but i hear you it's it's it, this is an interesting movie to kind of watch at this time where it's like oh yeah life like it's a celebration of live performance and that's just you know not a thing these days yes, yeah yes, yes i know but i mean i think i mean speaking of ringing the rag out too like i don't have any other were there any other moments specifically where you found like a little pocket of nuance that you wanted to mention or i mean i, I feel like we'd hit the broad strokes and some of the the micro moments, uh, your words, not mine. But um, anything else you want to talk about, Colin? Um, no. I mean, I, there's there are all like these little moments. I feel like there's one, you know, where she's having dinner with Marcel. There's a moment where she's like looking at him, and there's just like it's just this great shot on of Marion Cotard's yes. face, where like you can just see like Edith is just putting all her chips in this, because, like she has no choice. But like, oh my God, there's a chance for love. There's a chance for connection here. Like. And and yet there's also, like, pain that comes with that. Like, there's a desperation that comes with that. And, like, there is a moment where we really kind of see all of that on her face. And that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's another one when I can't remember when it is. Maybe it's when – it's I think it's when he's gone back to Paris and they're corresponding via letter. Uh, and there's kind of a montage. And there's a scene of her in the car. And there's like a close-up of her face in like the back seat of the car. And I don't I think yes. it's just a moment. It's just a beautiful moment. It's just a beautiful shot and a beautiful like sort of little micro moment capturing Edith. Um kind of not at a twenty-seven, having kind of a mixed emotion. But uh yeah. those are two little moments I remember wanting to to highlight. But I mean overall, yeah, I I feel like I've covered all the all the the big ones uh it's this is a it's a great movie it's a really great movie and uh yeah one of those performances where you're like yeah of course she won the oscar like who's who could argue with that yeah no one can i feel i could be wrong and uh, (laughs) this is like maybe sort of the uh the mandela effect or revisionist history or whatever you want to call it like i feel that there was a post by dublin zoetrope of like Marion Cotillard like playing Edith Piaf like with her orange hair sitting in a wheelchair and he had like a really witty caption. Oh, I and, could like me waiting me waiting for something, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, just like the genius of Dublin Zoetrope, my lord. Um but maybe I made that up. I should like go through um Dublin Zoetrope, let us know yeah. if you've already done that. If not, you should. Yeah. yeah. Write something hilarious as you always do. <laughs> yeah, this is uh <laughs> If not, we're going to steal it from you. So for God's sake. Yes, you exactly. Know? Yeah. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Oh, but I'm so glad that we... T- I'm so glad this is in your arsenal now. I'm so glad you, like, know just the magnificence of this performance and the movie, too. Um, thank you for covering it with me, Colin. Thank you for suggesting it. No, it's nice to have this in the catalog. I feel like uh, I feel like I needed this. So, um, you know, no regrets. No regrets, yeah. as the kids say. <laughs> Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, then I think that means that we just have to cover one more very important topic, which is, of course, our BSA of the week. 
in which uh, we queen out on a food or a song or a thing or a performance or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives. So mm. it's your birthday week. Do you have any big birthday BSAs this week? I mean, not yet. I mean, granted, we're recording this early before my birthday actually happens, so I, m- I might have something really exciting to perform. Uh, I'm set to perform. I'm like, maybe a song. Maybe, you know. <laughs> just a... Maybe a song. Um, but I'm going to send you a text right now of um, oh. something that Keon and I, it's not necessarily a birthday gift. We got like some Target gift cards that we just kind of like put together that we've been like sort of hoarding for a while, and we bought... A dual coffee maker, espresso maker. That it, oh, it look at her! And I'm assuming this I this uh, turquoise Keurig has been there, and this is. Uh... Yes, I've had the turquoise Keurig for a while, and um, and the picture I sent you didn't have the. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to screw the like handle the espresso thing but it's cool because it comes out i just sent you another one here we go the espresso comes out like a double drip sort of situation like like in the cafe like a real cafe oh my god of course um, coffee shops so i'm super it just came today um the manual is quite complex so i will have to dive into that but we we bought some espresso over the weekend some beans um, now, what about I mean, com- uh, like a milk yeah, frother or anything like that? Is that it has one? Oh, it has one. Yes, thank it, God. It, you might not be able to see it, but it's on the far right. There's like a little like white stick. Oh, that's, like, wonderful! Because I feel like that's yes. if you're gonna do this, froth your milk. You gotta go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I see. I'm excited. I see that. It makes me want to get the like the Tarani like sy- uh, like the syrups they have like the like the vanilla oh. and like the, the caramel. Uh huh. But I think that's like a. That's a slippery slope because I'll just go, like, I'll be making, like, 500-calorie drinks, like, every morning for breakfast. Oh, so. yeah. We'll see. You'll be like, yeah, I'm going to do two pumps, uh, three pumps. You know what? Yeah. Even number four pumps. Uh, yeah, yes. it's that's a, that's a real slippery slope. I feel like um, you can't – it's like you can't make coffee taste too good because the better it tastes, the – I mean, good coffee it, – it, like, when I say too good is, like – adding the cream adding the sugar adding in all like the the desserty qualities it's like it's you're defeating the purpose you're drowning the carrots in butter you know yeah it's like i feel like we've had the duncan versus starbucks not necessarily debate but i feel that like duncan is for people who don't like coffee because they put so much other they offer more of like those sweet drinks but you can get like if you order you know, an iced coffee with a shot of espresso, like that's that's probably what I would get, like in the summer. Like it could, they do have different levels of cream. I have found out. Yes, they because they do. It can be pretty heavy-handed because they, yeah, th- yes, they'll they'll top it up. Um, <laughs> they really will. Yeah. Um, but regardless, that is my BSA of the week. Um, I am really excited for it, and this episode is also a BSA of the week for me as well. I've been. So eager to talk about it. I'm so glad you enjoy. I mean, I knew you would, but there's always that like small part of me that's like, he's gonna hate it. It's too long. Right, right, right. <laughs> this thing I love. Uh, it it becomes yeah, this like yeah. vulnerability of like, but if then what if someone hates it? Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. Well, that's uh, well, great. Well, well, I'm so glad uh, you've treated yourself with this this very 35, you know, Poppy Baby 35th birthday yeah, coffee machine. Um, yes. 
and if we're gonna be stuck at home we might as well have a good time. yeah right it's like you know, out of our mindset mm-hmm. add a little bit of the good vanilla and uh <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. how easy is that um i know what about you colin well you know i was really uh racking my noggin trying to think what was what's been my bsa and i think you know it, it was my birthday uh on sunday and so i had ordered a bunch of things on whole foods that I wanted to get delivered on Saturday, but there weren't any delivery times. So I got it delivered early Sunday morning and it was just like, whatever, fine. Just cause you know, we're, we're, you know, under like eight to 10 inches of snow right now. So I wanted to beat all yeah. of that. And one of the things I put on my whole foods order was this like fruit tart and not like a mini fruit tart, but like Ooh. I'm having lots of friends over. Here's a 40 inch fruit tart. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get myself a fucking $30 fruit tart. What do I care? Yes. Um, so I did. And, you know, and, and I was really excited about it. And, you know, the guy, you know, the delivery guy, you know, dropped everything off. And he, and he handed me the bag. And he's like, oh, here's, here's your cake. And I was like, oh, thank you for keeping an eye out for it. I really appreciate that. And, you know, collected all the groceries. And then I was like, once I kind of brought everything to the kitchen, was unpacking it. I was like, oh, I, I'm quite sure this cake is on its side. And I opened, and indeed it was. And I opened it, and all of the fruit had just—it was like the Poseidon Adventure. Everything just like <laughs> slid to one side. And I was like, "Yep, Christmas tree and all." Yeah, totally, yeah. Christmas tree and Shelly Winters and the all. Birthday candles. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, this is appropriate." So, and no big deal, not ruined. I wasn't going to blame anybody. I wasn't mad at the guy. It is what it is. Uh, I just kind of moved the fruit back on top of the tart, and I was like, "Okay, well, yeah. she's not going to win any awards." But uh, still going to taste good. And so for the past now, we're, I guess, coming on almost, you know, two days because I got it in the morning yesterday and we're recording Monday evening. Um, mm-hmm. I have been working on eating this entire fruit tart and I'm doing a damn good job of it. So oh, uh, congratulations. my body is yes. like, girl, you you're thinking this is more fruit than tart, but we're really feeling the tart part of this. Like, <laughs> this is not fuel, you know? Uh, sure. You bet oh, you're tired. For breakfast, though, yes. For, like, oh. even just, like, a random, like, it was a run by fruiting. Yes. And you're, like, walking by your fridge and just, like, you know, steal a bite <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, I leave a spoon in the box because, like, I you know, cut out the middleman. And so yes. I did have it for breakfast. I thought of, of you talking about Thanksgiving and having cold pie the next morning. And I was like, oh, yes. this is cold pie. Treat yourself. It was yeah. so, did you, so good. Now, did you get any um, whipped cream or, like, a, a good vanilla bean ice cream? Or is it you're just going... You know, I I have found myself fully content with what what was supplied because there is cream on you know in the fruit tart, um in the you yeah, know in the actual pie true. tart and so like it's then it, you know I I could I could add more on but it might be painting the peacock um sure but I yeah. am I am a basically my body is like fine girl like you're 36 finish the fruit tart and then we're not doing this like enough like. Yeah. then move on and then yeah, move yeah. on get yourself a goddamn salad and act your age and so Ugh. that's kind of where we're at but that sounds delicious yeah, though. yeah. best supporting fruit tart <laughs> lopsided fruit best tart. supporting lopsided fruit tart uh yes, yes, yes. yeah um and on that note i mean once the topic of best supporting lopsided fruit tarts comes up it's usually our cue to get played off on this podcast so uh, so now we're getting played off. Uh, so uh, before we get drowned out completely, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find more of me on the Good Vanilla Podcast. I will be releasing an episode this week 
right. Ah, oh, just it's perfect timing. It's Ina Garten's birthday. Ah. Or was Ina Garten's birthday, I guess, since this is past tense, on Tuesday of this week, on the 2nd, February 2nd. So I'm releasing uh, an episode in celebration of her, and it's an all chocolate episode. I'm really excited oh, about that. You know she's going to be adding coffee at some point in the recipe. Oh, she, of course. Yeah. It makes chocolate taste, taste more like, more like chocolate. <laughs> It's like take a drink every time she tells you that coffee makes oh, chocolate God, taste more like chocolate. Great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could go find the good vanilla on you know basically anywhere podcasts are available, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you, Colin? Well, you can hear more of me on my other podcasts in the details, a celebration of nuance, or all right, Mary, uh, queening out on uh, season thirteen in Drag Race UK season two, uh, season thirteen of Drag Race. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter, or you can email us at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, uh, I hope this is a, a lovely birthday, and uh, I hope yes. this contributes to the celebration. Um, I hope you have a. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope it's a it's a, a, a life and rose. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a year and rose. Yes, I took Friday off this week, so I'm excited. I have a four day week. Oh, good. Three day weekend ahead of me, and um, it's going to be very relaxing. Oh, good. Well, uh, yes, yes, yes. we'll enjoy. I hope there are no regrets. And uh, <laughs> that, as they say, is that. 